0: Back yeah. yes. what's the name of the show jb it's a pod named kickback a pod named kickback it's
1: like a tribe called quest you, you say, say the whole thing
0: <laughs> Welcome to a Pioneer Kickback, also known as the Black CNN and the Revolution. We'll will be, be televised. televised. I'm no breaks new to Righteous Ratchet. If you throw it, i catch it. If you got it, I'll match it. Every Monday, we right back at it. I am the Black Savage. Hey,
1: what's up, y'all? It's JB Frank. I'm that gangster geek representing NWA. Nerds with Attitude. Happy schmonday everybody. Actually, happy Shmatter Day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh,
0: since, since JB just told y'all, we are recording a day early because we gonna watch the Super Bowl. You got damn right. <laughs> so, we ain't doing the podcast tomorrow. Right. We gonna watch the damn Super Bowl. Right. Um... Before we get into the Super Bowl, uh, we got a pretty interesting show for y'all. Yes. We're we going to talk about the first book in the Marathon Book Club. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We got to talk about uh, Terry Crews and Gabrielle Union, mm-hmm. uh, this goddamn coronavirus. Um, yeah, I mean, there wasn't a lot going on, but there was just
1: big shit going on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, we're not loaded up with topics, but
0: each one of these might take, take a second yeah. two, you know. Lil Wayne, new album. Yo, right. Gotti new album. One more right. time, Lil Wayne, new album. Lil Wayne is back. Mm-hmm. First of all, I was interviewing Drink Champs. I'll tell you a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, Super Bowl Sunday, our picks. I think the game's going to go. But um, first... We'll start with um, remembering Kobe Bryant. Of course. We kind of did an impromptu tribute show last week. Because yes, we he found did. out like a few hours Literally before the show. Literally hours before the show. Yeah. Right. That he passed. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I, we watched what, a lot of the tributes. I watched a lot of Kobe interviews yep. that he had done over the last couple of weeks um, on different podcasts. And I watched uh, Shaq and... And, and Doc Rivers and Ernie Grunfeld and Jerry West and everybody talk about um, their memories of Kobe. Right. And um, that's part of my healing process, JB. To watch that kind of stuff. I hear that. Even if I got to cry when I watch it. it, is how that. I process it.
1: I and I got to keep it real with you. That is not my grieving process in most cases. Um, normally, I'm a lot more like I try and. I try and stay away from that kind of stuff just because I don't want to deal with all of that like like that outpouring of emotions. Like it tends to bring up a lot of other bad memories associated with, you know, people that I've lost personally. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I try and avoid that. But I say all of that to say though, I mean, you basically browbeat us into watching the Kobe tribute <laughs> on the Lakers game because I'm sitting there being trying to be subtle, like, yeah, let's just. Keep playing spades. And he's like, no, no, nigga. We watching this whole tribute. So I watched the whole tribute, but I actually found it to be very moving yesterday, new. Cause I mean they had they had Boys to Men get up and sing the national anthem. And they had, you know, other people. Uh LeBron gave a wonderful, wonderful yeah. speech. Straight from the heart. Uh-huh. Um, Cussed on TV and everything. Yeah, he did, yeah, he did, yeah, he did. I'm gonna say this shit straight from the heart. <laughs> <laughs> his notes out. I was like, go ahead. Go ahead. Trying to act like a nigga <laughs> now after the fact.
0: Knock yourself yeah. out, <laughs> Um, a lot of that stuff. Um, the reason I was so intent on watching it, because it's it's a part of my healing process, to be honest. Right. Um, watching Shaq break down in tears, fuck me up, watching Jerry West break down in tears. I mean, Jerry West could barely talk. Shaq cried, but right. Jerry West, Jerry West cried throughout his speech. Yeah. Or that speech, throughout his conversation. Um, Watching T-Mac, Tracy McGrady, breakdown was rough. Doc Rivers, voice cracking. It was a lot. And it was all, you know, know, for Kobe, for Gigi, his daughter, and for the other seven passengers that were killed. People, um, I really liked that people were making a note to not exclude them. Right, Um, right. And Charles Barkley and Kenny uh, Ernie, Ernie, what's his name? Ernie, TNT from Ernie from TNT. Shit, I don't Uh, remember. I think it's his last name. name. (laughs) 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 But Charles and Ernie have a podcast. Right, he's trying to do our job, JB.
1: Everybody's trying to do what we do. You're not as good as we are. You can't. You don't have a gangster geek. You don't have a Harvard graduate. You don't have a righteous ratchet. So. Uh, just give up, or you can get in line behind us. You're more than welcome to ride our coattails. <laughs> or come sit on the sofa with us. <laughs> or, the, or that, or that. Charles Barkley, you're more than welcome. More than, more than welcome to
0: come yeah. through. <laughs> shout, shout out to them. Um, Absolutely. But they had one of the the husband of uh, with the female coach that was killed in a plane mm-hmm. on there. And listening to him talk about how much he loved his wife and how they got together and how much he loved basketball and how much of a competitor she was, and he said that uh, Kobe had reached out to him and said, "I want to hire your wife as an assistant coach." And mm-hmm. he was like, "Well, shit, she's you know she's doing her training, she's doing her this, and she we have three kids. She, I don't know if she can fit it in." And he was right. like, oh, "She'll do it. I like just you know just give me you know basically give me your blessing and I'ma call her." Right. And he was like, yeah, "Call her." Right. And he said, Kobe uh, basically said, How much are you making doing those other jobs? I'll double that. Come work with me. Let's get these girls, you know, ready for basketball. And then the husband said that he was doing artwork and graphics, and he was working for Kobe. So at one point, him and his wife were both working for Kobe. That's what's up. You know, and it, was, it was a family business. So those people that were on the plane, yeah, there were parents and students and kids, but it wasn't just like a. a Necessarily a business relationship. Right. They were really connected, really bonded, um, and I n- n- I don't know if that makes it any better, but they didn't die alone. No one died without someone there that cared about them, that loved them. So they they, they died in the, in the company of family. That is absolutely
1: important and absolutely meaningful, and I'm sure it is of some com- comfort to Mrs. Bryant. You know, to know yeah. that to know that at least at least you know, her people weren't alone, you know, and it's, I'm sure it's a look. there, there is no, there is no avoiding the grief associated with this tra- tragedy. Honestly, real talk, there is no lemonade you can make out of these lemons for real, but yeah. at the same time, you know, at least knowing that they passed amongst family and people who are close, people who they could look in the eye, hug, say that they loved them before that moment came, I think
0: is a comfort, new, you know. I think so. I think so, too, JB. Um, mm-hmm. Good point. Um, you brought up Vanessa Bryant. Um, she released her first statement this week. Um, first, she made her page public so people could look at all of the pictures that she has of Kobe, Gigi, the entire family. Yeah. She turned off the comments, but she did make it public so people could see. Right. And I thought that was very caring. And um, even with her statement, a um, very touching statement, um, I would have noticed that a lot of people that know Kobe or knew Kobe more personally, of course, we didn't know him, um, than the rest of us. But they understand how much we're grieving, and how much we're mourning. And a lot of what they're saying is like to comfort the fans, to comfort the supporters. Absolutely. And I'm like, how strong are you? Like your main... I noticed that with Nipsey's mother too, when, when Nipsey died, the, the, these people who are so close to these iconic legends are worrying about us. And making sure the fans and the kids and the, the adults that love, the, you know, their loved ones are doing better, are dealing with it and are going through the steps to heal. And I'm like, damn, she opened up her page so that fans could take a look at the intimate pictures so that they could get more closure. I'm like,
1: wow. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it gives you an idea of, of where that greatness, you know, where that where that 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 drive that will that power that energy to become the legends that they became Originated, right? Yeah. Because you're looking at his mom, you're looking at Nip's mom, and how she is moving and what she is doing and what she has done. Mm-hmm. You gotta say, well, she probably she moved that way when he was a child. So he he yeah. he learned that from yeah. the cradle. You yeah. know what I'm saying? No wonder he was great. Yeah. You know, yeah. um you know uh, Kobe's friends and family, the people who are close to him, the people who. You know, have shed these tears on the air. Ha- all appear to be, you know, deeply moved and want to share that whole family experience. And you got to yeah. think that's part—that's part of what Kobe lived with. That's that was part of his life. So, of course, he was as amazing as he was. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When you have friends and family and people are around you who support you, you know. That's
0: gonna manifest greatness, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So one more time for Kobe Bean Bryant, man, the Black Mamba, mm-hmm. um, and his his wife put up a, a, a two charities you can donate to support the families of the other victims, right? Uh, financially and to support the girls at the Mamba Academy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um. Just want to say one more time, you know, rest in peace, Kobe. Indeed. Um, You will be missed. Your legend is cemented. It was cemented before you died. But uh, I think that um, it got some extra cement.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it did. One of my favorite moments during the tribute last night was when... um, when they then they did the little clip when he was a kid in high school or whatever and they were talking about oh yeah you know i'm going to go to the NBA. i'm going to yeah. he's like oh yeah you going to be there what about 19 20 years he was like eh, 20 you know and he actually played yes. 20 years i love that yeah. shit yeah. i was just <laughs> like whoa, I, whoa love I love that shit i love that shit reminds you of a story about a 8 year old boy who said he's going to harvard <laughs> <laughs>
0: Just had to throw that out there, you know. Yeah, man. Greatness Um, starts young. It does. It does. Parents, get your kids started young. Tell them it's okay to dream that big. It is. And when a dream is big enough, the facts don't matter. Set out the horse. Um, There it is. Since we kind of talked about, you know, Kobe, we touched on Nipsey a little bit. Let's go straight to our Marathon Book Club offering. Let's do that. And this week was The Way of the Superior Man. Now, we told you guys we were going to talk about it a few weeks ago. Um, Kobe's death kind of just shattered last week's episode. Yeah. Um, So we we still wanted to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, let's do Um, it. The book, The Way of the Superior Man by David Data, I believe I pronounced his last name correctly. Um, It's a book that Nipsey recommended. Well, Lauren is London, his girlfriend, Recommended to him, he read it, and then she recommended it to Charlemagne the God. And when Nancy was on Solomon's radio, so the Breakfast Club, they had a quick moment about the book and to see how powerful it was. And I was like, oh, I gotta check this out. And then when they released the Marathon Book Club, all of the books, it was on there, mm-hmm. and I already mm-hmm. owned it, but I was having a hard time just reading through it. Right. And I got the YouTube uh, audio book and listened to it, and that's how I was able to uh, get through. And um. The book tackled a lot of things. Um JB, I'll toss it to you for the the earliest uh, chapters,
1: yeah, that's good. Um, that's good. Uh, he
0: he spoke
1: on he spoke on the importance of understanding. And I don't want to I don't want to quote misquote the book. New, no, so I'm going to paraphrase a little bit. Okay. If that's okay, um, he spoke on the importance of the yin and the yang as it relates to other people. And in the beginning of the book. Particularly, people of the opposite sex. Now, the reason why I'm using that term generically is because he very, very effectively did so in the book as well. He talked about the yin and yang, or the quote male and female dichotomy, masculine masculine and feminine that exists within everybody. Exactly, exactly. And the reason why I'm using the terms yin and yang is because he spoke of them generically. He said that the masculine can be manifest. In women, in women, in many yeah. circumstances, and the feminine can be manifest in men in many, many circumstances. Um,
0: this and was and the way these new people, the, the new age. They, they say you're masculine side and your feminine side. So that's a part of like that's a thing now. So they get it. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and and again, to speak frankly,
1: um, the masculine and feminine kind of jargon that he used threw me off a little bit new um speaking very personally this whole journey of understanding the duality of human nature and how it manifests in relationships is a personal walk that i think a lot of us have gone Mm. through a personal journey that a lot of us have had to face in our own lives i did so much personal developmental work in this area for myself knew it felt a little odd to hear him use different language to describe things conclusions that I had come to myself you know Mm -hmm. and I was able to I was able to get through that and get past that and understand you know kind of the deeper meaning of what he was saying but I feel like a lot of that is an understanding that I had already kind of going into the book so I felt like he was reaffirming things Mm -hmm. that I had already sort of learn for myself through therapy and through personal reflection and through dealing with my own divorce and through dealing with my struggles and my own personal relationships, not just male, female, though, like through all of my relationships, my relationship with you, my relationship with F, you know, um, it's it's important to understand that duality within the relationship construct and how it
0: manifests in everything that you do, even your relationship with yourself. Noob. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. And looking at um, the, the, that dichotomy, the male-female uh, personalities that we all have with, within us, or masculine, feminine, where you may be very adventurous in some aspects, maybe you know, more physically adventurous, in other aspects you, you may be more thoughtful. In some ways you may be more sensitive, in other ways you may be more aggressive. And knowing you, your personality and your own dance within yourself and then dealing with that dance within your partner, and or dealing with with that dance within, you know, with a friend or at a job, right? Or with the business partner. Absolutely. Um, and, and I liked I liked certain things he pointed out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good to be reminded of those things. Um but what I what I also noticed um in the book he talked about, you know, uh he made reference to the point, JB, of uh how do I say this? Uh you li- live your life. In such a way that if you die tomorrow, you still be happy. Right. you You right. be happy with that. Right. And um, and it, it struck me because of Kobe, and I think <clears throat> I think that's how Kobe uh, lived his life, and we can call it the Mamba mentality. But it's when you put your balls to the wall, you put it all on the table. And the book spoke about that. The book spoke about uh, nurturing relationships. Mm-hmm. It, it spoke about not. Uh, 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 you know, maybe begging someone to stay with you um, and how you owe your your value and knowing your value and how they need to know your value Mm -hmm. and if a person doesn't know your value then they don't have much value Right. so you shouldn't even want that type of person. Um, It just was a a powerful book and it kind of gave you the dance steps to have a successful hold down if you
1: will. Um, that's a I, very good way of putting it. That's a very good way of putting it because it's not really things that we <coughs> I got you coughing. Oh shit. Oh, no, I have no, been I'm still getting over that shit from Okay. Know, it's the remnants. Anyway, um so um you know, one of one of the other things and we and we've talked a fair bit about this off the mm-hmm, air, dude. Mm-hmm. But one of the conclusions that we were able to draw together Based on our assessments of the book and our own personal experiences, is how you can turn that, you can turn that uh, feminine look or that or that other sort of reflection on feelings and, and yeah. what is truly going on. But you can turn that vision inwards and look at yourself that way and by recognizing your own feelings and how they manifest in your actions, you can be truer to yourself in what you are doing and thus be more honest with people and mm-hmm. more produc- more productive. You know what I'm saying? Those are some of the things that we discussed um, and these were these were thoughts, little nuggets that we took from the book and us just being smart ass motherfuckers, we were able to derive <laughs> some of these constructs without them necessarily being
0: you know explicitly articulated new yeah and even <clears throat> if you look at relationships all uh, the way things are changing now between right. men and women and we say like women are now becoming the men and the men are becoming the women it, it's you know more or less being more in touch with your masculine side and your feminine side and how that dichotomy changed and how the women are like i want this i want that and i ain't having this and i ain't having that and women are like Upfront and direct, and I want some dick, and they 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 are acting more like men, and sometimes in some instances the men are acting more like women, and um I think uh it's really just being what side you're in touch with and where you're choosing to go with it, but I recommend the book. I liked it. Um, it wasn't an easy read, but I got the audio book and was able to shoot through it. I'll say that.
1: Yeah, I think yeah, and that's honest. That's real. You know, <laughs> um, <laughs> it is. Uh, it does it does listen like an academic work sometimes. Just, yeah. just keep it a hundred, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> just keep yeah. it a hundred with the folk. But it's now, worth it though.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Um now what the fuck story of the week is well, we ain't got this shit, nigga. But the coronavirus, we got regular colds. But the coronavirus is out there, nigga. Be careful. It started in China. It's in New York. It's uh, in New Jersey. This shit is out of control. It's another strain of, of, of a flu or some shit. I mean, that the gangster Geek give y'all the medical <laughs> breakdown. But uh, it is not from the beer corona, guys. So yes. you can keep drinking your coronas.
1: Yes. To be clear, uh, coronavirus is a term that they use for these types of viruses. They're a little more severe than a cold because they involve more of a respiratory infection than colds normally do. But it is a type of virus. And the articles read that everyone has had. A coronavirus probably at least once in their lives, and you didn't know it was a coronavirus, you thought it was a really bad head cold or whatever, right? Um, so it happens. This one is really, really extreme though, new in that it's killed several people in China. So when a regular cold like virus starts killing motherfuckers, that's when the World Health Organization starts to look around and be like, hey, wait a minute now, people, you need to start washing your hands a little more when you go through the airport. And literally, that's what it is, people. All of the people who have been exposed to the virus at this point or who have contracted the virus have in some way been exposed to this particular region in China where it started. If you can believe that, so they've been able to literally trace every single individual who's caught the virus back to their exposure to the Damn. province of Mulan, Wuhan, or whatever in China where the virus originated. They're like, yeah, this motherfucker went to China and he met this motherfucker who went to Muan and that's how he got it. And this Damn. motherfucker, yeah, they're, they're they're looking into it that deep. Um, the World Health Organization, the president of the World Health Organization, has issued a world, uh, worldwide health emergency. This doesn't mean that we all got to wear masks and shit. Like I said, it just means that if and when you're traveling through airports, that's when you need to watch out. Keep your sanitizer handy, um, you know, cover your mouth, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, um, and just, just be aware that you know, you 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 might be you might be hanging around sick people when you go through an airport. You know, that's just what it is, people. We're not trying to start no orange alert here, back like back in the 9-11 days. But be careful. That's you know, be careful, kickbackers.
0: Yeah, yeah, for real. And um, I felt myself getting sick. I went and got some emergency, some soup, some orange juice. I wrapped myself up, long sleeve pajama pants. And got in that bed and lay in that bed for about two days and sweated like you wouldn't believe sweated everything out of me. And I was totally fine the next day, that that, that following day. There you go. Can um, we can I geek, geek out for just
1: one more second? Um, go ahead. Kickbackers, if you feel yourself getting a little sniffle or some shit and you don't feel right, um don't go to work. Like just just yeah. just do me that favor and take the sick day and you know if your boss is grumbling or whatever just tell them straight up like i don't want to be going to work and giving this shit to everybody at work and take the whole office down that'll shut that bullshit up immediately trust me i use it a lot well not a lot i don't take a sick day like every other week or no shit like that but when i'm sick i just tell them like "I'm i'm not i'm not coming to work like i'm not i'm not about to shut down the whole office with my bullshit Man. you know what i'm yeah, saying i
0: walked into the office feeling like i think i'm i might be i'm, I'm, I'm sick you know like i'm getting sick or i'm sick something right. like right right i sat down worked for about an hour and was like no i'm sick like, hey, hey, I'm sick and shit, and they was like, "Get the fuck out! Don't get all of us <laughs> right, sick, nigga. Right, Go right. do what you gotta do. <laughs> do not get us all sick." <laughs> right. And um, That's so yeah, folks, d- just uh back up JB point. That's yeah. good,
1: folks at your office though that they said that.
0: You yeah. Know. Um, our Donald Trump shut up stupid award goes to JB's elementary school podiatrist. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> now that was probably the best one you ever did. <laughs>
1: elementary school, <laughs> podiatrist. God damn! What the fuck? Oh, <laughs> Doctor Umar. <laughs> oh my
0: god! Oh, this guy. Man, Doctor Umar. um uh, if you've been following the a show for the last eight years, you know I liked him at first, and then about four or five years ago, I lost all respect for him, and it's remained that way. I still have no respect for this guy. Um, he's a fucking idiot. Um, but just because you, you're, you're smart about a few things doesn't mean you're smart about everything. Absolutely true. But this guy, man, uh, came up with this conspiracy theories on Kobe. I will say this, and it, it, this is noteworthy. Kobe Bryant was in a lawsuit with the pharmaceutical company over the name Black Mamba. It probably is possible that they could have wanted him killed and that they tried to kill him. That's not, you know, we've seen crazier things, but the fact that he spewed that out recklessly, showed footage of a helicopter crash that happened in the Middle East that wasn't even the same helicopter Kobe was in, it's it just in all of his random... Factoids, just make them unbearable um, to listen to, man.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It really it
0: really sounded... You, you know
1: how you got motherfuckers who you're talking to, and this tends to happen to me a lot, me being a gangster geek. Like, I inadvertently use big words sometimes, and then I find myself in a conversation with a motherfucker who's going to try and out big words, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And they start... Using big words and I don't know what the fuck they talking about, and you like yeah, mm-hmm. uh huh, mm-hmm. but you miss you. Okay, I don't. Now I don't know what the fuck you talking about. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so he's he's on his video talking about, oh I watched the video of the crash and there was no fog and there was no this and there was no that and I've been on helicopters before. I know, and I'm like, nigga, so you have been on what like one or two helicopters? Maybe. I don't even care if it's five or ten. Honestly, none of that qualifies you to be a pilot and talk about the aeronautical conditions that led to this crash. Mm -hmm. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know what I'm saying? That'd be like me standing over a neurosurgeon and being like, you should have cut right there. Like, that's why the nigga died. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like, what?
0: (laughs) You're not qualified. Thank you. Thank you. So just shut the fuck up. Thank you. Um, And next, we got uh, uh, JB's old track buddy (laughs) from his college days. Shit, I didn't run track (laughs) in college. Actually, I never ran track. I was
1: fast as shit, but I never ran track. Why you never ran track? Because I couldn't stand running for no reason. And Mm. it used to always happen when I ran sprints, you know, because they do speed testing in football, right? Mm. Um, So they would have me run a 40-yard dash by myself, and my time would be terrible. Um, Because I wasn't chasing nobody, it wasn't nobody chasing me. Why the fuck am I running? I'm a nigga. I'm used to, you know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) fuck am I just running for? Fuck is that? Anyway, so yeah, like when I would run, like when they started doing forty times where you would run against somebody, Mm -hmm. then my then my times went like. Off the off the charts, like like four six four five five forty times, you know, which isn't like you know world class speed, but that's college level speed. Um, okay. Um, you know, so this whole yeah. <laughs> um where, what were we talking about? Why Jerry didn't play tracks? Yeah, thank you. I was like, yeah, I'm yeah, totally way yeah, be, be over there. Yeah, yeah, I was like, what the fuck? Uh, how did I even get here? Yeah. So <laughs> Terry
0: Cruz, uh, yeah. JB's track buddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we
1: got there. That's how I, ha- I was like, what a, I, have I been drinking? You've <laughs> like, been drinking. No I, been haven't. Drinking. <laughs> I haven't. What the fuck is wrong with me? I'm just tripping. <laughs> <laughs> Um, And and just like
0: this guy, tripping. Terry Crews, we all know him, uh, the muscle guy from Friday, who came out, you know, very harsh during the Me Too movement. You know, in support of the women, but very harsh on the men, very harsh on comedians. He has some things to say about Kevin Hart. And his support for the Me Too movement, he wound up attacking a lot of men. And um, making some enemies in Hollywood, I would say. And uh, then he spoke about how he was sexually assaulted by... I think Harvey Weinstein, a director, touched his dick, he says, at a party. Um, and everybody was wondering, like, why didn't you hit him? Like, the nigga grab your dick and you just let him? Like, what's going on? And he felt, you know, attacked because nobody took his side and they questioned why he didn't fight and why he didn't do this and he was afraid and, you know, all of this shit. And then uh, <clears throat> one of his co workers, Gabrielle Union, uh, spoke out against uh, what was it, ABC. And that, uh, whatever that show was, America's Got Talent, whatever that show was. That's exactly what it was. Mm -hmm. Good, good, good. Well done. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Going off memory. (laughs) And um, how she uh, was discriminated against while losing her job. Yes. And they asked him how he felt about it. And he was the company guy, gave the company answer, and uh, totally disrespected her, invalidated her argument, and just was insensitive as everyone he accused of being as insensitive to him, he was just as insensitive to her. And uh, then he turned around and decided, I'm gonna apologize. And she was saying, you're invalidating my argument, You're, you're, you're making this obsolete, like, don't do this. He's like, I only have to defend my wife. Whoa, you were just the champion of all women, then you were the champion of all sexual assault victims, and then you were the champion of all discrimination, but when it comes to Gabriel Union, now it's only about you and your wife. Cool, gotcha. But then he turned around and apologized for everything he did. And I just, it felt like a rubber apology, man. Like, Right. yeah okay
1: you have to forgive me new I am a little distracted right now yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I was wondering if I'll the
0: see this pod <laughs> it's the uh, shaft p- shower scene yeah look at me yeah just Polyamory. The, yeah
1: yeah it's it's really quite lovely um, I mean it's two girlfriends yeah yeah it's really shower yeah it's really quite awesome anyways. But, <laughs> 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 um, but the 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 whole the whole fucked up part about this new is that he did not have to do this, and that's what makes it so stupid. He right. could have delivered a politically correct, supportive answer. Um, you know, in support of his colleague and just left it at that. You know what I'm saying? I agree. Kept it moving. He went on all of this other bullshit that just didn't really make any sense at all. You know, so you look weaker now. Anyway, like, I don't know. I, I, always, I always thought it was something some kind of e about that boy. Anyway, yeah, like, it was some, some, some kind of little, what? Some kind of e about that boy. <laughs> Sorry, that's old. That's old Looney Tunes reference. Foghorn Leghorn. Anyway, like I said, I'm that's but, a geek. boy. That's right, a boy. Right, right, right,
0: right.
1: You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. I'm fucking Foghorn Leghorn. He's on. always turned to the camera and he said, "Like, uh-huh. <laughs> nice boy, but he's dumber than a bag of rocks." <laughs>
0: Is that on Disney Plus?
1: No, Looney Tunes oh, is not on shit. Disney Plus, but you can find that on YouTube. They have a, they have a four-hour Looney Tunes, uh, cartoons play mix on damn. YouTube. Yeah, yeah, okay. it's dope. It's
0: okay. dope. I um, some other things that are dope is uh, our recipients of the Nipsey Hustle Brian yeah. Shine Award. Yeah, and we're gonna uh, give them their flowers while they can smell them. damn right. Starting off with uh my old trap buddy oh so <laughs> that, do, you get the uh, okay so he gets the you see you see
1: what happens right kickbackers you see that shit you see you saw that shit you saw how he gets the Nipsey hustle award winners i get the motherfucking <laughs> orange 5 you know pink pink jacket no no button
0: up wearing Terry I, I, was I was just going in order i was just going in order age before beauty i was going in order speaking of beauty goddamn anyway yeah yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> our boy Fifty Cent uh received his Hollywood star on well, Absolutely. his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. There it is. Yes. Um must you know, must deserve, man. Absolutely. You think of the movies he's done, the Absolutely. albums he's done, his cultural influence and his TV shows. Absolutely. Uh Power being one. Yeah. Um he deserves it, man. Yeah, I mean, we're
1: talking about we're talking about arguably somebody who will make the rock. Is he in the rock and roll? Not in.
0: all. Not yet. Not yet.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, he will, yeah, yeah he'll yeah. make the yeah. rock and roll Hall of Fame easy. So there's that. Then you've got the TV shows he did before he jumped in the movies, and then you've got all of the stuff that he's produced, executive produced after that, becoming a media mogul like. How, how do you better define somebody who deserves a star?
0: I mean, you don't. He, even with his website, this is Fifty dot com. It was like a, a social media entertainment news website before that was the thing. Right. When we didn't know that was going to be a thing, he right. just did it. Right. And then everybody else was doing it. Like, oh shit! Well, 50 was ahead of the curve on this. You know, when it, when it came to getting into the movies, him and Eminem did one movie on his life. Fifty was in the movies with Robert De Niro and Al Pacino, but at the same time, right. Like, he was in great movies. Yes, he and, um, was. I mean, that one movie he did he had to lose all that weight and he was all skinny, and that picture came on, everybody thought he was dying, but he did that shit for a role. He didn't win no award for it. But he lost all that damn weight, looked like a skinny shell of himself, for a role with show of dedication. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. the Power, his TV show Power, has been the most talked about show the last five, six years. Easy, easy. I mean, and, and this whole Who Shot Ghost thing they got going on now, the finale won't be on Tomorrow, it'll be on next week, the Sunday after the Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah. Um, you got to think about the shows that Power was, com- the black shows
1: in particular that Power was competing with when it was on yeah, the air, too. Yeah. Empire, um, Scandal for, mm-hmm. you know, and all of that shit. But like you said, Power is the is the one. You know, I don't hear nobody talking about those other shows no more. Nope. They talking about Power. Nope. Right.
0: You know? That's and now real. he has a new show locked up. I think, that comes out on ABC next week. Mm. And he's doing the BMF show, you know, Black Mafia Family, the big Atlanta drug yep. cartel. Yep. He's doing their story. And um, there's a power book, too. Um, it's called Ghost. I don't know why. But it says it takes place 48 hours after power ends. Right. So it's the same universe, the same time, you know, just two days later. So I don't know who, the, but Murray J. Blige and Method Man are starring in it. Wow. So I don't know what angle it's going to take. Wow. But it's supposed to be the continuation of this story. Yeah, but Mary J.
1: Blige and Method Man have got to be coming in as motherfuckers that would be, if not Ghost age, like a little bit older than, or a, a lot older than Ghost, actually. Yeah. So how would that, how would that fall, like, how are they going to fit them into the story timeline? Are they going to be More, like uh, old, old crewmates or old mentors or something like no I idea. Understand.
0: I have no idea where where this is going because I was always told it was going to be a prequel to when they were kids. But then Fifty says this it takes place two days later, so it's morning time. Well, so it still I don't know could know be a, the hell. It
1: still could technically have prequel elements and still take place afterwards if they employ fa- uh, flashbacks. Uh, yeah, shit. that's you true. You what I'm saying? True. Mm. <clears throat> Actually, okay. the moment you said that, that was that was the immediate thought that came to mind. You had mentioned it, I think, on our last show, and I didn't get a chance to bring that up. But I was
0: thinking, like, it could be a sequel and a prequel if they employ flashbacks. You know, damn. And their storytellers getting really, really uh, well with how they doing these uh, retelling the story of who shad ghosts from everybody's individual angle. Like, they're doing like I'm like I'm impressed by this shit. Well, that like,
1: that also leads evidentiary into like them employing flashbacks in this you know, mm-hmm, in this next mm-hmm. thing. Because that's essential. That what i like, this year, doing. every
0: this year. i was saying uh. the same thing. <laughs> that's just what, what I was saying. That's just what I was saying. You always
1: do that shit to me whenever I pop
0: out one of the big words. You're like, yeah, it was mellifluous.
1: That's just what I was thinking. No, it wasn't, nigga. I know you know what the word means, but right. I know you wasn't thinking it. <laughs> that's the fun part about my co-host, Chuck. Every time I drop a big word... 95% of the time, <laughs> he knows exactly what the word is. He would just never
0: use it in a sense. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's the dance. <laughs> yeah. Um. Let's see. So, JB, this... Oh, I'll, I'll give you one. One of the New Cecil Award winners. Oh, Lord. One of the guys JB used to babysit when he was um, raising money for his uh, telescope was Andrew Berry. <laughs> I'm okay with that one actually though. <laughs> I actually did on the telescope. So I'm okay
1: See? with that. See? See? I'm, I'm
0: okay with that. So Andrew Berry um has I become didn't have the to youngest. Buy it myself too. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> the youngest general manager of a NFL team, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yes. Um he is an African American. Yes. And he is a person who's in a position of power. Yes. He's a decision maker.
1: Goddamn right. Um you were mentioning uh, off the air earlier, knew how maybe we've got like two of these now yeah. in the NFL. Um, he's a young phenom, though. No, Thirty-two years old, right? He was he was the he was the uh, VP of football op- operations, like an AVP, um, which is an associate VP, like an under VP at Cleveland before. Left Cleveland, became the VP VP of football operations. Somewhere, forgive me kickbackers. I, I uh I lost that team. I forgot what it was. But now he's being hired back by the Browns. So this is like his third promotion in a row and I wanna say the last three years, which is pretty fucking amazing. That's pretty amazing too, but um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know this is just dope. I like I, I look at him like a like a Theo Epstein. Now, Theo Epstein was the GM for um the Red Sox. He was hired at the age of twenty eight, and then he got the Red Sox. Two World Series 2004 and 2007, nice. and then he was uh, promoted to the president of baseball operations at the Chicago Cubs. And then the Chicago Cubs proceeded to win a chip. <laughs> so I'm hoping that Mr. Berry's career follows the trajectory that. Theo Epstein's did young phenom, just a brilliant football mind. I wish him, I wish him everything and all the success in the world, dude. And Hell I want yeah. to see the Browns do something too, young.
0: Hell yeah, they have the talent. They yes. just need the, the direction. Absolutely. And hopefully he can provide it, and then he can make decisions. Like there are two offensive, there's, a, there's two coordinators in the NFL Super Bowl. Uh, the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, who had the number one offense, is black. Yes. The defensive coordinator for the 49ers, who have the best defense, is black. Yes. So the two t- best teams have coordinators that feature their strength that are African-American, and neither one of them got a head coaching job. Maybe he can change that.
1: I think he I think he will. I think he perfectly. should take their
0: offensive mind, bring them to Cleveland with their quarterback. Um, uh, f- like,
1: I hate this. They- Baker, Baker, May- Baker Mayfield. Mayf- Baker Mayfield. Yes. Yeah,
0: and Odell Beckham. And they Nick Chubb. Decent, yeah, I was about to say and, they got a running uh, back too. What's the other one? They got two running backs. They uh, got uh, Nick Chubb. The Bama uh, that was suspended from the uh, uh from Kareem the Chiefs. Hunt. Kareem Kareem Hunt, yes. Hunt, yes. You know, and Landry a Receiver. They have offensive weapons. Yes, they do. That can rival uh, Kansas City's. Yes. Get yes, that guy do. over there. Yes. Andrew Berry. How about that? How about that? <laughs> that little razzle-dazzle. Yeah, man. And that's the AFC, so don't bother my Cowboys or your Redskins. <laughs> so have at it. Yeah, he got have that right. It. We'll see you in the Super Bowl, my nigga. Well, since we're here at the Super Bowl, they're not going to be there this year. But we did just mention who will be there, the Kansas City Chiefs mm-hmm. and the San Francisco 49ers. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on this
1: game, JB? I think that... Um, This game will be a defensive struggle early in the game. I want to say like the first quarter and a half to two quarters, I think it's just going to be gut punches, gut punches, because people talk about Kansas City's offense and how great it is. But what people a lot of times don't talk about is how vastly their defense has improved Mm -hmm. this year and their defense Shutting down these high-powered offenses coming through the AFC they to get to shut down that. Derrick Henry. Exactly.
0: My Everybody saying Derrick Henry can't be stopped. Exactly.
1: They shutting him down. Exactly. So I feel like it's going to be a defensive struggle early in the game. I think the second half is when somebody's going to open it up. Now – somebody meaning that the 49ers open it up with some turnovers and some crazy shit on defense mm-hmm. or somebody opens it up meaning that Mahomes loses his mind in the third quarter. And oh, by the way, he is like the greatest third quarter quarterback ever to (laughs) play the game of now i can't say that because he'll fuck around and 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 score 40 points in the third quarter like he's done it a couple of times in the playoffs yeah yeah (laughs) yeah he he doesn't fuck around in the third quarter so long and short new i think that's what's going to happen i think that the chiefs will pick up their offense in the third quarter and then it the game will become
0: unreasonable we were talking about the over under the other day and I was saying it was 60 but um the new over under is 54. Interesting. So I do believe that they could get over 54 but I don't think it'll get over 60. You don't
1: think over 60. I and see and I said before like 65ish I think is what I was I was mm-hmm. I was landing at. So yeah, I mean it's a, it's a tight over under. We're not talking about a lot of points, but it's worth it's worth mentioning though because yeah. if it falls Kind of the way you're saying, New, you're expecting more of a defensive struggle throughout the game. Yeah,
0: I don't think that the 49ers, they have proven me wrong every time I've said it. So I'm more than ready to be proven <laughs> wrong again. But I'm going to say it again. <laughs> Their quarterback was like six for eight for 70 yards. It was awful. And, yeah. But they had like 40 points. Yeah. Um, I don't think they're going to be able to run that way like, like they did over Green Bay or over Kansas City. Absolutely. Based on how they shut down Derrick Henry. Absolutely. If they can't run and they can't pass, I don't see where they get points unless it's strictly over turnovers. And yeah. Patrick Mahomes doesn't give a lot of turnovers.
1: No, he does not. So I
0: don't see them getting that. But I also don't see them allowing the Chiefs to totally run away. So I think it'll be kind of like you said, a a defensive struggle in the first half. I see it being like a 10 to six game. Mm -hmm. And I do see in the second half, the Chiefs offense starting to open up a little more. Um, And I can see that they really, you know, turning into like a, you know, 28 to 17 game. Um, I don't think the 49ers will be able to keep up offensively. I think their defense will keep them, it'll keep it close, it'll keep it respectable. But I think that once um, Kansas City gets one little step ahead, they will get that second
1: one. Right, right, yeah. So we're on the same page on that. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fun game to watch though. It should. I think we're going to get a good game this year. new. Would I do, agree too. with that? I, I do, too. I think it's going to be a good game.
0: All, all of the pundits had the 49ers winning it because of Kyle Shanahan, and they said Mike Shanahan, his dad, is going to help him with the offense, and they're going to be doing all this secret, crazy stuff. And I'm like, Kyle Shanahan could do all of that when he had Matt Ryan, who's not the best quarterback but can move the ball around the field. Jimmy G can't move the ball. So all of their, you know, high-powered offense is not going to work because they don't have a quarterback to back it up. And then they said, well, look at their three running backs. They they had, you know, 300 yards, and they scored 40 points against Green Bay. And Green Bay was just outmatched.
1: Outmatched, outcoached, outplayed, um, and they just weren't ready for it, New. Yeah. They just weren't. They looked – I mean, it was weird because I was like – Huh? Like, <laughs> like, right. It's like, right.
0: like, like, like they just laid an egg. Right. Um, right. <laughs> and, and maybe that San Francisco 49ers pass rush is so amazing that they're gonna be in Patrick Mahomes' face every second they get. Um but he also has that big target, Travis Kelsey. So he can get rid of that ball when he needs to. Um so they can do some little dinking and dunking if they have to. And I just think that um Patrick Mahomes black. I'm, I'm rooting for everybody black. I do know that I, every time I root against the 49ers, I lose yeah. all year. Well, so
1: I'm, I'm, we we both rooting for Black Quarterback Magic, though. Like this, yeah. just keep it a buck. Like boom, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Enough said.
0: Mike drop. <laughs> so we got some new music this week, JB. Um, yeah, we got a, a finally a new project from Lil Wayne. Yeah, yeah. Um, I heard a couple tracks. I listened to almost the whole thing. I was a little under-enthused being such a Lil Wayne fan, but I still heard Devonis. I still heard Talent. I want to listen to it again.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, was it the beats that was throwing you off or the proje-
1: or the production? Or- the beats,
0: yeah. I didn't like all the beats, and it felt, it felt uninspired. Mm. Um, but I feel like I should listen to it again after hearing his interview. Which on drink tramps, drink champs, it kind of gave me an uh, like, ah, uh, okay, I'ma listen again, um, because he, no artist is gonna say they feel bad about an album. Right. He felt particularly good, mm. better than I thought he should have. So mm. let me listen again, but it was rough, JB, because Yo Gotti dropped. And I fucking loved Yo in new CD. That joint is tight, though.
1: That joint is so, tight. We were listening to some yeah, of it yesterday. Yeah. Good shit, man. Real so good. it was
0: hard to get back to Wayne and really dive in. And it's like 20-something songs. It was a long project. And it took a minute to kick in. And I, I don't know if I heard a standout. And I'm just like, ah. Uh. But I don't want to kill Wayne right now. So I want to listen to it again. And give a, a more informed view next week because Lil Wayne is one of my favorites, so I'm a fan. So I need to listen again and make sure my guy, you know, actually brought it. But uh, Yo Gotti, without a doubt, first listen, I was like, yep, yep. And I haven't even got a chance to get back to Lil Wayne because Yo Gotti CD was so good to me, yeah. I couldn't turn it off yeah. to go back.
1: That Yo Gotti joint was playing like a party playlist yesterday. Like yeah. you just had that joint on spin, and I was like, yo pretty good mix here. He was like, and, and you kind of brought it up, like maybe like the third song in or whatever. you like, this Yo Gotti shit is dope. And I'm like, yeah, this Yo Gotti song is dope. And he was like, no. <laughs> the last
0: four you not got the songs have been dope. Right. I was like,
1: oh, well, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. It's all like a mix. You got the gangster shit, the smooth shit, your strip club shit. Right. Like, you just put that zone on at a kickback. Right. And by the time it goes off, the girls will be twerking. Crazy.
1: <laughs> but that'll happen, anyway kickback. Kickback. <laughs> <I done laughs> happen anyway. That'll happen anyway.
0: At a pod named Kickback, dog. What's well, so, your JB? Before we get out of here. I know you've been watching some interesting shit oh, man. on YouTube, so we're going to let you geek out Hey, and see if I, can, I, if I can follow you <laughs> on this dark, twisted path.
1: <laughs> it will be a dark, twisted path, indeed. <laughs> um, so, Kickbackers, I haven't really been watching much TV of any kind at all, I have been all over these YouTube playlists. Uh, one of them I will love to recommend to you, geeks out there, is called Eon. It's published by PBS, and yes, I do mean the Public Broadcasting System. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and they break down, they break down these prehistoric episodes in Earth's prehistory. So they're talking about the Jurassic period, the Cretaceous period, and all of these different you know, time periods early in our history. But they're breaking down real facts about why this shit is relevant to us today. So for example, they talk about, they did one show about the origin of some of our our largest domesticated animals. So for example, the aurochs, which is the cow, um, the camel, and then the horse, right? Did you know that all three of those animals are actually indigenous? To North America originally. I did not know until you told me earlier. <laughs> 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 yeah. So you think about Campbell's being, you know, native to Arabia, and horses being a native to Asia, and cattle being native to the um, to the Mesopotamian uh, uh, area. And what they said was that the, all of those animals actually migrated to that area from what used to be North America. So you get interesting little factoids like that. Um, Another interesting one was when they talked about how human beings, homo sapiens, after they left Africa, and white people didn't want to say this before, but now they're okay with saying it for some reason. But yes, they did in fact interbreed with Neanderthals and Homo erectus and all of those non-homo sapiens species when they migrated out of Africa. So the
0: Caucasus Mountains and shit. Yeah,
1: Yes, yes, yes. So technically, and again, this isn't a judgment, it's just a fact, but technically people of non-purely African descent have genes in their blood, have things in their blood that are not homo sapiens. It's just a fact,
0: and I used to talk about that all the time. Is why they call themselves mankind. Mm-hmm. I always always wonder why. Why why do they say mankind? One giant stuff for man, one you know giant stuff for mankind. What the fuck is mankind? And I was like, oh, because you kind of like a man. And um, it was a joke, it was a pun, it was some witty shit, but there's legitimate scientific truth to this.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. They say it, they say it straight up and down, right there, right there, and they lay out all of the facts about how it happened, why it happened. I almost happened. bought that sofa.
0: That is a nice couch, though. Yeah, that one right there, I almost bought that shit. Wait, 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 which one? The ugly the, the, one? Yeah, the ugly one. That's why I ain't get it. Oh, I was like, I
1: was like, I thought you was talking about the nice, the flashy, the, divide, chair, the, no, the flies thought, on the, the black. Yeah. Oh like, yeah, <laughs> they had it, they had that, job, they had that. Job. I was like, wait, 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 the Paisley <laughs> motherfucking <laughs> one, nigga.
0: Chrissy says she loved PBS. That's what's hey, up. Hey, yeah, I do um, too. I do you too. You know who else loves when they that PBS, but these channels and these documentaries. Another gangster geek I discovered this week. Lil Wayne. Yeah. Wheezy is a geek. <laughs> I love it. I'm watching Drink Chance with Lil Wayne and he like, yo, you know we're doing it like, what you watch, Weezy? He like, oh you know what I'll be watching? This uh this series called World War Two in color, where they have the you know the actual cameramen from the war that were in the trenches on the battlefield. This videotaping shit, they then put it into color so you can see it clearer, and it shows you real live footage of the war, the real soldiers on the line. shit could blow up right in front of you. You see it right in front of the camera. People dying. You see it. You see it. And I was like, this sounds like some JB shit. And I told JB, JB was like, well, actually, it's my favorite show. See, I was watching it yesterday. I was like, oh, shit.
1: Oh, shit. <laughs> yep.
0: He said World War II in color, and my
1: eyes lit up. I was like, oh, shit. That's what I, like, I downloaded that show. I own that motherfucker. <laughs> and then I went off on my geek shit. I was like, you know, there's World War One in color, World War Two in color, you know, apocalypse." Apocalypse Stalin, apocalypse Mao Zedong, you know, apocalypse Hitler, and then I went on this long diatribe, and I will try and shorten it for you, kickbackers. But the long and short of it is, kickbackers, you want to watch these shows about World War II. You want to you want to understand what happened with Hitler and Mussolini, and how they were able to gain power and keep power for decades because it is happening right now. I'm going to say that again just so that you understand. The apotheosis of Hitler, um, the rise of power for Stalin, for Mussolini in World War II is literally being reflected live and in living color in what is happening in the American government right now, okay? Um, and if you need me to lay out the facts I will be happy to do so on a rant on Patreon for y'all to check that out. We can delve into details you can ask me detailed questions. Again, if you want to really hear me geek out on something get mm-hmm. me talking about World War I and World War II because eh, I study that shit a lot because uh, I'm scared as shit I, of Trump. <laughs> I know
0: Chris going to be there. She go, oh shit, I love World War II in color. Hey! <laughs> uh, My oh. geeks out and there. Then, and then she sent a whole paragraph. Yeah, she's definitely a geek. She, it's so good. They break down <laughs> <laughs> They break down the war in the most simple terms and with the beat, the best timelines and unbiased delivery. It's so good. All right, Kristen. So I, I'm gonna watch it. I see this on Netflix. So I'm going to check it out, because Kristen said so, JB said so, and Lil Wayne said so. What the fuck Lil Wayne doing watching this shit?
1: He's a gangster geek, yeah. <laughs> Think about
0: his lyrics, though. Think about how cerebral a lot of his lyrics yeah, are, though. He's yeah. always been a geek, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know what he said? He said, um, he was talking about you know being the blood and all that stuff, and how... Um, and uh doing all the things you know, street shit. And he was like, Well, I my favorite rapper was Missy. So I wanted to rap beep and all metaphors. But Stunner wasn't having that shit. Like Stunner was like the biggest street nigga in my neighborhood. well, not even in the same neighborhood, in their little town. Right. They award. So he was like, We well, got about run Stunner, I'm trying to use my and I rap better than he man, and I do da-da-da-da. And Stunner be like, He'd be like, I got my chopper, I got my chopper. And Sunny be like, yeah, do that shit. And so he was like, none of them niggas was really gangster gangsters. But um, and I thought that was interesting that he admitted that and said that. But he was like, but Stunner was like the biggest gangster in the world. So it was like he wanted us to only rap about the shit that he went through. So we were all pretty much rapping his life. Mm. And mm. um, and we had a no problem with doing it. Cause if anybody was like, Y'all niggas ain't really do that shit, And would be like, Stunner'd be like, they're like, what? Right. Who ain't do what? Right. Oh, 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 okay. So he was like, I was 10 years old when I got with them niggas, and I was a 10-year-old gangster because I was with the gangsters. Right. I was with the goons. Right. Um, And he said um, they used to get together and sit in the studio and talk about whatever happened that day. So they'd be, he said, I was in, you know, junior high school, elementary school, I'm coming to this, to the studio, yeah. tricking them, doing anything, coming to the studio, but Juvie was in the projects, the, the, right. the hood hood, and he'd come with all his project stories, and baby be listening to all of us talk about what we did, and be like, yeah, write a song about this. that Juvie just said. When he said the dude shot the girl, and then the girl did it, y'all write a song about that. And so he would, like, coaching them, like, all the way. And he said that's kind of when the style changed, when he started doing the mixtapes, he could just do his little freestyles and right, metaphors, right. and nobody really said shit. But when it came album time, he had to do the shit the baby said. And until he got to the point where he could do his own thing, right. and that's when he really chooom, took off. When he stopped being so gangsta, gangster, gangsta, gangster, and started trying to be Jay Z or mm-hmm. Nas and be lyrical. Right. I right. Thought, so watch, watch that on Dream Champ shot. That was a really, really good interview. It sounds like a good interview. It sounds really interesting. Christian said, let's go, JB. She ready for the gangster Geek <laughs> segment. So, <laughs> Patreon, um, yeah. we want to tell you guys, um, thank you for all the support. Uh, we just had our, uh, January has been our second biggest month ever. In
1: history. In, in history. Yeah, thank Going you. Going
0: into the new decade. Yeah. That feels great. Yes. And it wasn't all based on our new episodes. You guys are going back and watching some of the old episodes and listening to the old episodes. So I want you guys that are hearing this now, let us know what some of your favorite old episodes are. That's a great idea. That's Uh, a great idea. Was it, you know, when Ashanti wished me happy birthday? You know what I'm saying? Was it one of JB's birthday shows? Was it the show when I came back and had my ankle broke and I was sitting up like this doing the podcast? Was it one of the episodes back at JBO spot yeah. that we to record at? Let us know what, what your favorite episode was. Just, since y'all are listening to the old episodes now. Yeah, a yeah. lot, apparently. Yeah. Um, we got a lot of guests lined up for you um uh, the next few weeks. I'm not going to tell you. We got some reality show stars. We have some other podcasters. We have some podcasters you really, really love and admire that are really, really big and, you know, make two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to dollars a year. Um, and we have uh, a couple surprises as well. Um, you can sign up for our Patreon at patreon.com slash a pod Kickback. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Christian Mingle, and black men and like women um, at a pod name Kickback. Let's go. Let's go. Let's like and subscribe. Let's get with
1: that drive time playlist. You know what I'm saying? Like, just put us on in the morning or on your way to work, right? And you can Every keep-
0: Monday. There you
1: go. And you can keep rocking with us all day. Keep the head- You know how y'all slick niggas do with the headphone in when you're listening to mm-hmm, YouTube and mm-hmm. shit. And you working at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, and you and you laugh for no reason and people want to know what the fuck you laughing at. You can go ahead and do that shit with us, too. You know, just listen to us all day. You'll like it.
0: You know, um, something that fucked me up, and I hope we had this effect with everybody at some point. Um- after Kobe died, I was, like, fucked up with this. So I had to see Shaq talk. I wanted to see what Shaq had to say. And I also wanted to listen to the Joe Budden podcast, because they kind of got me through the Nipsey shit. And their episode that was supposed to come out on Wednesday, it's normally up, like, when Iris is up, you know, 5, 6 in the morning. Um, but it didn't come out until, like, 10. So at about 7, 8, when I was waking up and it wasn't out, I was like, Damn. I was really looking forward to Joe button and them walking me through this Kobe death. And they weren't there. And I felt the way, like, damn, I really was looking forward to this Wednesday to hear their thoughts and kind of grieve with them. Right. And it came out late, but it came out. And I was very happy it came out. And I was like, damn, that's dope. If people are struggling with the Kobe thing and they want to hear us talk about it to help them get through it. Like I, like I was with the Joe Budden podcast. Yeah. Or they going through a fucked up day. Yeah. Or they're mad about Terry Crews. And they want to hear our thoughts. <laughs> Whatever it is. Yeah. Like, yeah. I want to have that kind of impact. Absolutely. And so, Kickbackers, I promise you this. We're going to be here, and we're going to do our best to give you the best content we can give you straight from the heart, Righteous Ratchet, Gangster Geek. Yeah. We're going to try to make sure that uh, we either help you get through your day, help you understand your day, or help you prepare for your day. I gotta write that shit down you you damn sure
1: do cause you need to say that fucking shit at the the end of every episode (laughs) 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 we we gotta go help you get through your day (laughs) I forgot it already
0: it was was get through your day was it understand your day yeah get through your day understand your day or Or, prepare for your day there it is damn how about that well like I said I would do from now on in in tribute to Kobe Bryant Mamba out see y'all next week